السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله النبي الكريم All praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala May Allah be pleased with all of us and grant and send his choices salutations upon our master Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Yusuf alayhi salatu wa salam's father says to him where we left off he says to him that let it not be that you tell this dream to your brothers because and he doesn't blame the brothers he says inna shaytana lil insani aduwwun mubin he says shaytan is an ever the clear enemy for people lil insani aduwwun mubin now, now how do we know shaytan is a clear enemy if shaytan took the liberty to drive adam alayhi salatu wa taslim out of jannah then already from there he declared his enmity and not only there, the reason he declared his enmity was because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had instructed all the malaika to bow down to Adam alayhi salam ta'zeeman in honor of the command of Allah. Even in the era of Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim, it was permissible for people to bow down to other individuals. In the era of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it's not permissible, we know this, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent down a command. فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسِ And all of the angels made sujood except Iblis. Now, why was he such an, a, a clear and a bad enemy? Actually, Shaitan is a jinn. And his name is Azazil. That was his name. And he was such a great scholar that he was kana min al-jinni. He was from the jinnat, but he was ranked with the angels. And scholars say that he would even teach and sit in the company of the angels. It is mentioned that there's no place on the earth except shaitan had made sujood thereon. There's no place in the whole earth except that shaitan had made sujood on. But when Allah had commanded him, pride entered his heart to, to prostrate to Adam alayhi salatu taslim. And this is what pride does. Pride takes a man from the highest level of basically independence and adds to that humility and brings all of that down so all of that knowledge and information means nothing because pride has come in and Allah Jalla wa'ala says al-kibriya'u he says pride is my garment and whoever decides to snatch my garment I'll snatch him away so may Allah Jalla wa'ala save us from pride the one who is humble Allah will raise him and the one who has pride, Allah will drop and degrade that individual. So he declares his enmity, right? And when shaitan declares enmity with anybody, he will do whatever is possible to ensure that that individual gets taken off the track. That is what shaitan will do. Two elements are present in the life of every individual. Shaitan and the nafs. Shaitan by his nature has made a vow with Allah that he will distract insan and make sure that he comes away from that which is the righteous path. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Illa But those servants who are the sincere ones, I'll have no right over them. I'll have no way to disturb and distract them. I'll, I'll, I'll disturb, I'll take off the path all of the other individuals, but those who are the chosen ones, I will subhanallah not be able to. And Allah says this himself that you'll not be able to take my servants, my special servants. What is our dua? Our dua is two. Allah saves me from shaitan. And two, 
Allah make me from those individuals who are the chosen ones. And who are the chosen ones? The one who have absolute sincerity. So he says, Inna shaytana lil insani mubin. That shaytan is a clear enemy for Allah. When there's an argument between two individuals, let us maybe introspect. And this is the other lesson that we learn. Was it not possible or is it not possible that there could have been the element of shaitan? Is it not possible that there was the element of shaitan? So I'm arguing with you about something. You arguing with me about something. We're trying to prove our point, right? You telling me that your chicken is more halal than my chicken. And I'm telling you, just give you an example. And I'm telling you that my chicken is more halal than your chicken. Whatever the case might be. Or I'm telling you that my car is faster than your car. And you say, no, your car is faster. This is what happens with the youngsters. Or we say, no, my wife is more beautiful. Or your wife, he says, no, my wife is more beautiful. And the individual says, no, my wife cooks better. Right? There's two sisters, they married two. Say, no, my wife cooks better. Other one says, no, my wife cooks better. Individual says, last time my whole family had uh, food poisoning. Okay? The other person says, last time we threw all the food away. You're talking about food poisoning. So, so anyway, there's these rifts that can take place. Sometimes between father and son. So the father wants to see things his way. The son wants to see things his way. Or the daughter in this day and age. And they just can't. They're locking heads. They're just knocking heads all the time. Now, is it not that shaitan has come therein to create a rift? And similarly, shaitan's biggest and ultimate task and his biggest victory is when he creates a void between husband and wife. That's, that's basically the ultimate where shaitan would go to his biggest shaitan and they meet every day and the shaitan asks, what did you do? And the individual says, no, 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 I made somebody steal and I made somebody lie and I made somebody do this and do that. And then shaitan asks this little small shaitan, what did you do? And he says, I separated between husband and wife. And he gets up and he says, Subhanallah, you've done a great job today. You've done something which is unthinkable, unimaginable. You've done something which is beautiful. This is shaitan. shaitana lil insani Why is that so great? It's so great because <clears throat> you have children. What happens? Then there's the custody fight. Then there's the maintenance. Then there's ugly court battles. Because <laughs> let me tell you, brothers, let me tell you. From experience okay and alhamdulillah by the grace of Allah we have had to sit in many many uh, disputes try to get some resolutions we talk we say you must get together you know you must make up etc we try and put a little bit more of an effort especially when there's children but at the end of it when it doesn't work out at the end of it when it doesn't work out generally now what do we do is we got to create some sort of Resolution in terms of how much the husband would give, uh, what are the visitation rights, what is custody, who owns custody, um, and all of that that comes to school fees, etc. So obviously we have to have the mum and the children getting something, but at the same time, not at the expense of the father. Or the mum would also have to give in, and Allah says, لا the mom can't be harmed because of her children, neither can the father be harmed because of his children. So we've got to create a balance. So it's either the man that's going through difficulty and is made to live his life very miserably and in very meager manner that he can't live anymore. So it's almost as if he can't even get married. 
all the woman is put, thrust, put, through, to, um, put uh, through to so much of difficulty that the amount that she gets is such a little amount that she can't even look after herself, etc. We also then say to the woman that it's the husband's responsibility to look after you during the idda period. Then it's his responsibility to provide, for example, for the children, right? However, then you get silly questions and silly statements. So, you're providing a home, the husband will say to you, for example, Wallah, the husband will say to you, for example, that I will provide the home, but the home is for my children, and the wife must pay me rent. The home is for my children, and the wife must pay me rent. When the husband is compensating, and I'm not telling you, suck of thumb, I've sat down with instances like this, right? So, so they'll say, listen, I'm not giving names. So it's not riba, it's just lessons that you must take. So the individual says, okay, we need a domestic. So now we've got to divide the domestic amount. Because the, the, the husband says that my children are only being seen to by the domestic. Uh, and that's not your concern. I won't pay your portion, you must pay. Medication, I mean, medication. Are, are you mad? Are you really serious? If the son is sick by my house, right? Go to the doctor. What's the big deal? No, they phoned. They phoned to say, we went to the doctor. The bill was 500 or 1,000 rand. Please sort out the amount. Subhanallah. 500. And it's almost like you're using your children for all of this. So, uh, all of these ludicrous behavior starts coming in. And why? Because shaitan is such an avid enemy. And, and we said, now what is the bad part about it? The first thing is, the children get divided. They split up. They... They, they don't know whether they're coming or going because the mother is saying your father doesn't want to pay, uh, pay fees. The father is saying, for example, your mother is a wretched woman. She just takes and takes and takes and she's lying to you all, etc. And so you create a divide between the children and then all of a sudden you're making them, one loves you, the other one loves her. And then as they're growing up, they're growing up in a home where there's no parents, right? And when the child or children have no parents, there's manipulation. So when he goes there, he gets what he wants. When he comes here, he gets what he wants because he you knows. If it's, a bit, if it's a bit difficult there to get this, I'll come here and play my tune and I'll get it here. Right? And if he goes home, the mother says, why did you get it? And he says, my father said I must get it. And he said that you mustn't worry about it because that, that is what he can provide for me. It's a gift from his side. And so there's more hate that's created. When you have a divorce, you've got to work together. You've got to still work together. Right? You got to keep in touch, not going for coffee, etc. You got to keep in touch through a message. You have, to, you have to perhaps go for meetings, school meetings when they require. Now the one says, "I can't make it." The other one says, "No, I also can't make it." And this is just to spite each other. And and what has happened is the child goes to the meeting, he's alone, and we don't even understand the progress of the child. We send the grandparents, etc. And this is really an evil thing because Shaitan is an avid enemy. So let not shaitan get the better of us. If there's an argument, sit down level-headed. You can't sit down level-headed now. Move away. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, drink some water, make wudu, sit down, lie down. Lying is the best actually. People must understand. People only understand how beautiful sleep is. Really. You must understand. Sleep is a wonderful thing. Really. Imagine somebody is in the room. And they're fighting and they're screaming and they're shouting. And you were like, Allahumma bismika amutu wa ahiyah. 
and they're like, I'm talking to you, and you're like, Allah, la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyul, just lock the door, please. <laughs> and they're like, what are you? And they're like, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, my love, my darling, I'll see you in the morning, and she's like, we just had an argument, you can't do that, and I need to have the last say, and you said like, yeah, you said now what you said, we'll talk in the morning, inshallah, subhanallah. What does it do? It diffuses the situation. Or go out, go out for a bit of a drive, right? Let's go for a drive, come back, and when you come back, don't be fighting again. Anger is a bad thing. Anger is really a bad thing. For the brothers who were married, the Prophet ﷺ describes anger, and he said the best anger, the worst anger, is that anger which comes very quickly, right? And it takes a long time to go away. Now, small thing happens, maybe the mother, whoever it might be, right? The mother-in-law. So, she said something, and normally we take it out on them. Maybe we are a bit scared of the father, and they might be bigger, whatever the case might be. Right? So anyway, the mother-in-law says something uh, about the food, or about the house, or about, listen, it's not your business, sister. If you're a mother-in-law, this is your daughter-in-law, and she and the husband are okay here. Really, it's not your business. Let them live how they wish to live. You can guide your son, you can talk to him, you can explain to him that beautifully he must tell his wife, but don't come and get involved in their home. This is now her home. She doesn't come and tell you what to do in your home. SubhanAllah, if you would like to have your home in that manner, that's the way you have it. In this home, there's children. Maybe she wants running around. She wants there to be ease and freedom. There, that's the monument and the museum. No problem. When we come there, we'll let the children sit down. We'll first put the doilies. We'll let them sit down and all of that. Yeah, no problem. We're not saying tear the sofas and all of that. But we're saying here's a bit more ease, right? So just... Just remember, don't come and do what you think you can do here. This is not your home. If you want to nicely tell me, then say it to your husband. My husband will, inshallah, tell it to me. Oh, by the way, on a lighter note, there was a, a couple that got married. And uh, subhanAllah, when they got married, the daughter-in-law, very, very beautiful girl, very smart girl, especially for the sisters and those who are listening at home, uh, they got married. And it's beautiful for the daughter-in-law. Imagine the daughter-in-law first goes to speak to her mother-in-law before she even goes to speak to her husband. And that's a miracle. That's amazing, you know. Uh, everybody says, wow, mashallah. She says, can I please have a few words with my mother-in-law? Uh, I, I would just like to speak to her and, uh, you know, I'd just like to tell her a few things, subhanAllah. But she says, with so much love and people are like, people outside, uh, out of the room are like, wow, they're already, they're already bonding. I mean, and this is something which is amazing. So she goes into the room and she says, Subhanallah, you've given me a good son and you ra- you, you've, you've certainly raised a good son and may Allah reward you for that. I, I thank you for the fact that you have raised such a good man and I hope inshallah that we'll make a good couple. You have been cooking for your son for many years. I don't want to change that. You, you have been cooking, you have been cleaning for your son for many years. I don't want to change that. You've been making lunch for your son every day. Wallahi, I don't want to change that. You've been washing his clothes. I don't want to change that. You've been ironing the clothes. I don't want to change it. Says, Mother, I'm only here for entertainment. <laughs> so, anyway, let us get our priorities in order. And if we, if we, if we use that approach, you know, uh, if we keep lightheartedness in the marriage, then shaitan won't be able to get into that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us. So, he says, وَكَذَلِكَ يَجْتَبِيكَ رَبُّكَ one is shaitan is your ever enemy. So if you keep shaitan away, what happens is, then Allah starts selecting. 
If we keep, if we keep shaitan away, now shaitan is not involved, then the direct assistance of Allah comes. Because shaitan said to Allah, I will come in the middle. I will break the connection. That's what he's doing. But if you keep shaitan away, In this manner, Allah says, He had selected you. So, O Yusuf, you had to be put through this first part. Ya'qub is telling his son. Okay? However, we're not disclosing too much. Sometimes it's not good to disclose too much. You see, the son came out first in grade one. Don't tell him, oh, we're going to start the election campaign. <laughs> Don't give him high hopes. That, that's not appropriate. He came out first in Senate 7, and you're like, you need to be the president. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. The brother might not make it through university, and then he'll just do something which is really, really... What we can do is we can certainly motivate them, and we can tell them that you need to carry on. So he says, In this manner, you had this dream. It's beautiful. Now the next thing that's going to happen is Allah is going to choose you. How, when, details you didn't tell him. Because details are not important. We can also inspire our children. And how we do it? We say to them, carry on doing good. Allah will be pleased with you and He'll give you good. But they say, when? Don't worry. You'll see Allah will give you good. You show. Allah will give you good. Say, how you know? Say, see, you can use examples, subhanAllah. See, I didn't have a car when we got married. Allah gave me a car. Who gave me a car, my darling? Allah. And when we need to teach our children, we must impress upon them like how our children, our mothers and fathers used to say, that who gave us food before we eat? Say Allah. Who's the creator of the moon? Allah. Where's Allah? In the sky. Before we drink medicine, remember, the parents used to say, Ya Shafi, Ya Kafi. They'd say, take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Ya Shafi, Allah Ya Kafi. Who made you sick? Allah. Who made you better? Allah. Who gave you shoes? Allah. So we're already impressing them. So you say, you see, I got all this clothes. We went, we bought Eid clothes. And use the situation. Use the moment. Say, my darling, remember, we didn't have money. Last year, we only managed to buy you a jeans. We couldn't buy you a top. This year, Allah has given us. So now we can buy, subhanallah, a jeans and a top. You must be thankful, but don't make it seem like you're better than other people. Treat other people also in a nice way. In a nice way. Allah, was, Allah will complete his favors upon you. Son says, like, Allah, I'm like, when? When will he give me this favors? When will I have my own car? Like you got your car and like, when will I have my own car? He said, like, when you're six. I mean, <laughs> I'm 36. You're six. Inshallah, you'll get your car. Right? Then you start explaining them. I got my first car when uh, Tara gave me the car when I was 19, when I was 20. But he made me pay for the car. You got money now. So the person says, ah, yeah, I got money. He says, how much money you got? She says, you got about 10 rand. Small children, you know, she's got about 10 rand. So you know, you just, you, you just short about 15, 20 rand. When you get there, we'll inshallah give it to you. Then we'll try and buy you a car. Then you take them to the shop and you ask the manager, can 30 rand buy a car? The individual will say, no, not now. You have to put so much more. So what are you teaching them now? You're teaching them about business at the same time. You're teaching them about responsibility. You're teaching them that Allah will give you but he will give you when you also take the responsibility. And then you say to him, so my darling, what you need to do, you see, you, you see, dad goes to the office every day and Allah gives him salary. So what you need to do is, if you help mommy at home every day, inshallah, thumma inshallah, will give you your pocket money, which is 
200, 300. I don't even know what the amount is now, inflation and dollar, whatever. So you say, I'll give you the pocket money. And from the pocket money, you can buy, you start off with small toy cars, right? When your toy cars, small, small ones are finished, then you buy a bit of a bigger one, right? Now you're giving him a goal. You're giving him some ambition. You're giving him a dream. You're giving him, and then he'll tell you one day, my, my, my room is too small, I need a car. And you're like, no, we'll just make the room bigger. Until eventually, subhanAllah, his heart becomes bigger. And when his heart becomes bigger, then the cars don't matter anymore. Then he'll, he won't even desire it, subhanAllah, but out of necessity, we'll give it to him. And you say to him, listen, and, and Yusuf is being told by his father, Allah will complete the favor upon you like how he completed the favor upon your grandfathers. Remember, Dada and him didn't have money. They didn't even have a house. You know those days. So you know what you're talking about? They lived in a tin roof, in a tin house. He said, come and show you some pictures. Okay? And then when Allah gave them this year, this is just lessons to our children. He's talking to his son. So we need to talk to our son and our children. So you see these pictures. And I'm not saying pictures are haram or halal. Huh? I'm, I'm, I'm just giving them a lesson. And that we can speak to the local sheriff, inshallah. So, said, see, this was the house. See, and if you're talking uh, uh, about the mother's father, you can say, see how funny he looks. Uh, about the mother, see how funny she looks. Okay? You see how, I mean, uh, never mind the ugly, but see how nice mommy is. Whatever the case may be, Allah protect us all and grant us all good looks and make us beautiful in the eyes of the one who sees us. I mean, Ya Rabbil Alameen, and make us see that which is permissible to see. I mean, and not be attracted to what is permissible to see. That's a bit of a dangerous one. If you, if you, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So, said, And how Allah had given the favor upon your grandfathers. Say, you really mean we had this small house? How many people used to stay in there? And they're like, we were about 14. So, they say, like first, do they have to take turns? Then like, four sleep and others sleep outside. And then none of them, subhanAllah. And those who are elder will tell you just how they would manage some on the sofa, some on the bench, some on the floor, some on top of each other, somebody's feet on top of the other one's head. But, but they got through it. This is the system of Allah. And now you're in a better position. And, and not only that, he said, remember, your father didn't have that, your grandfather. But not only did Allah give them the world, Allah gave them the solution to the world. See how pious your father was. See how pious your grandfather was. If you want to become and see how many people respected him. See how many people used to come to him and speak to him. And ah, subhanAllah, imagine we teach our children that. Okay? We say become a pilot, become whatever, but become a good Muslim. Become a soccer player, for example. And then again, I'm not, let's not venture into, I mean, whatever. We don't want to be saying lots of things, just now I get shot or whatever. But become a Muslim first. Alright? Become a Muslim first. Let it be that people see the Islam in you and not the skills. Let it people see the Islam in you. SubhanAllah. How many sportsmen do we know that have had or that have made a massive impact on the world? Right? They come, SubhanAllah. And all of a sudden, people are not interested in the game anymore. They're interested about the religion behind the man. That's the truth. That's the absolute truth. When these individuals go onto the field, everybody speaks about the religion behind the man. There's been discussion about, for example, Ashim Amla, his family, photos are taken, uh, they speak about the women are veiled, but it's not spoken about in a negative concept, in a context. Nobody says, Ashim Amla in the morning, he takes his wife and then he 
puts her clothes on her and then he ties her by the collar and he pulls her to the ground. No, nobody has said that. Right? When they speak about Salah, for example, they speak about how he's a youth speaker, they speak about how he has scored goals and made prostration to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and always acknowledge, I'm not saying that it's, that it's permissible, all I'm saying is they're making a difference. So tell our children that become connected with Allah, you'll also make a difference because the child wants to know, will I be able to make a difference? Will I be able to change the world? Of course you'll be able to change the world. Make them believe from the starting, from the outset, that they can change the world. Subhanallah. He said of one of the Imams of the Haram, people say to a Sheikh today, Allah knows best, that whenever he would be naughty, his mother used to say, May Allah make you the Imam of the Haram. Whenever he would be naughty, May Allah make you the Imam of the Haram. And then again, May Allah make you the Imam of the Haram. May Allah make you the Imam of the Haram. Subhanallah. And eventually what happened, he became the Imam of the Haram. And one of the most prolific Imams of the Haram. So, Make dua. When they naughty, somebody told me, if they're fighting in the other room, what he does is, he just reads durood in this room here. And he says, eventually, that settles down. And when they stop fighting again, he say, listen guys, what's happening? What's the problem? You know, but be calm, be cool. Don't just, don't just bash people up for no reason. One, number two, when you want to teach your children a lesson, there's two ways of doing it. This is the first way that you speak to them nicely, that you explain to them just how great they are. This is speaking to children, to tell them how great they are and how great they can become and how marvelous they can become and how they can make a challenge to the uh, a difference to the dunya right inna rabbaka alimun hakim and he says yaqub because surely allah is that being who has knowledge so he knows everything he knows what he's doing and he's hakim he knows why he's doing it why the question what is allah doing hey, what is allah doing now is like putting this what What's happening here? This shopping center is coming up, it's like haram, and it's like right next to the masjid, or it's like right near the masjid, and so what's, what, what's, and then I, I can't understand this man. He's putting a club up right near, Allah knows what, what's happening. Allah knows what is happening, it might not be right, but Allah knows about it. And he's hakim, he's most wise, he knows exactly the reason behind it. Maybe those people in the club can be changed because of the environment. We're not saying that you must go there, they can come here, subhanAllah. In the ending of the, uh, of the surah, Allah says, In the stories of the Anbiya, uh, lessons, in all of their stories. In Ya Allah says, In Yusuf alone, there's so many stories, there's so many lessons. Just in Yusuf alayhi salam. And in his brothers also, there are so many, so many, so many beautiful lessons. However, what we need to do is we need to become from those who constantly and continuously ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to do that. And may it be that subhanallah, we become a representation, representatives of the symbol and the being that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we conclude just taking one or two verses Allah jalla wa'ala says how do we do this one in Allah has commanded us that we do and that we act with justice and goodness and to give those who are our family members that we prevent that which is bad and evil and filth 
Allah says, He has advised you so that we might take lesson and remember. And how do we do this? How do we tell people? On the last page of this Jews, Allah says, ila sabili rabbika bil hikmah. When you're telling people about Allah, then invite them using wisdom. وَجَادِلْهُمْ أَحْسَنُ And fight them, argue with them, debate with them in a manner that's most beautiful, in a manner that they understand, in a manner that they get the point and not the person who's shooting the arrow. <laughs> that's what we have to do. So, إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ Because after that, Allah knows, subhanAllah, who's on the path and who's not on the path. When we've done our job and responsibility, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then has identified who are the believers, who are the guided ones, and may Allah make us from those who are the guided ones. Ameen, the Rabbul Alameen, and Allah may, may Allah protect us, our homes, and very, very importantly, may Allah protect our children. Remember, what we can teach our children when they are small, is like an indentation, a mark that is made in the rock. What we teach them when they are small, when they are little, is like a mark that's made in the rock. That mark never ever fails. May Allah grant us the ability to mark and make a difference to them. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallim. Baraka ala Sayyidil Mursaleen. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil.